welcome to the Drop Bass Not Bombs podcast. I'm your host, Amy Farina, aka MC Unicorn. This is the podcast where I interview interesting people in the electronic music scene who are raving for a cause and making the world a better place. Tune in twice a month to hear incredible stories, advice, and insider tips from ravers, industry professionals, content creators, and more. As always on this podcast, the views and opinions of my guests do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of those of my own or those of Drop Bass Not Bombs. As we do discuss some difficult topics on this podcast, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Drop Bass Not Bombs podcast. I'm MC Unicorn. I'm here today with Looney Tunes. How's it going? How are you guys? Thank you guys for having me. Super excited for this interview. So uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Summer is uh, in full effect in Holland, but it's a rainy storming day today. So what's new? <laughs> it was horrible this morning, this storm. I was biking to the gym and there was like trees falling and like, Crazy. it's cold. Like <laughs> what Summer. happened? Dutch summers. <laughs> yeah, typical Dutch summer. So I want to start first. Can you let everyone know a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, what do you do? What's your story? Oh, my story. So my name is Jan. I'm from Holland. Uh, wow. Um, artist name is Looney Tunes, L-N-Y-T-N-Z. So Looney Tunes without the vowels. Um, started making music back, back in the days. With my ex-partner Mitchell, we started like in 2003. We had our official first release. It was also on, on vinyl, like a 12-inch record. So that's been that's crazy. It's like 20 years ago. But uh, then we uh, were making music for a couple of years. Then we had a break, a short break. I was doing my studies, went to college and stuff. Finished my degrees. Mitchell had a break. He did this stuff. And back in 2013, we decided to uh, yeah, make some new music. And uh, then back then, we had an official new release that was uh, Last Night Ever together with Yellow Claw. And that's now almost like 10 years ago. So that's also funny. <laughs> and uh, yeah, ever since 2013, we've been focusing or I've been focusing on full-time music. So... Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, so much has changed since then, since 2013, 2014. And I remember that track really fondly. And a lot of like your guys's earlier tracks, like Get Fired Up and all those songs were such party anthems for me back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it was quite a challenge, you know, to come up with original uh, music because back in the days in the hardest style scene, there was a lot of sampling going on, you know, like old records, old movies, old whatever samples vocal samples from a movie from a you name it uh, but i think we started making uh yeah, some original music as in with original singers songwriters and uh, that was quite a new thing i think in the harder styles so for example last night ever was was like original something our follow-up was uh fired up with the chemist from miami from jamaica but lives in miami yeah, that was like a whole thing, like, wow, the hardest styles with a hip-hop vocalist, Jamaican reggae hip-hop vocalist. That was something crazy. And then we did the track Techno, Yellow Claw, Diplo, Waka Flocka Flame, Looney Tunes. That was also like a 
everybody was like, what is going on here? Combining trap and hardstyle with hip hop vocals, what's going on, you know? So it was quite interesting back in the days and uh, yeah. So looking way back in the day, so prior to 2013, prior to 2014, what's your earliest electronic music memory? Do you have a moment, obviously in the Netherlands, you hear it everywhere, but do you have a moment when you were a kid where you heard a record or a CD for the first time and you're like, this is my music, I want to become a DJ? No, no, I never, my dream was never to become a DJ, you know, like. Really? Also don't like the name DJ because I think when people, when I meet new people or whatever, and they ask me like, hey, what do you do? You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm in the music industry. I make music. And then they're like, oh, you're a DJ. And like, to be honest, I don't think the word or the 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 the, the thing DJ is cool, you know, because in my opinion, DJs, when you think about a DJ, you think about, of course, party, but drugs, alcohol, whatever, you know, after parties. Uh, and I'm the opposite of that. You know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. I drink tea, uh, basically like a grandpa. <laughs> no, no, but I've always tried to uh, take this job very serious. And I've never been like drunk on a, on stage or whatever. Of course, back in the days, once in a while, I had a few shots when you meet the promoter or the, the guy who invited you to play, like uh, to be polite, like, hey, welcome. And uh, you take a, a few drinks, but I, I know my limits, you know. Uh, one time I remember I had a few shots too much. That was an electric love festival in <laughs> in Austria. But uh, oh, that's happening now. Actually, I think it's tomorrow. It starts. <laughs> yeah, a few years back, back was was yeah. But th that's only uh, one of the few experiences that I was like a little bit wasted. <laughs> After that, like uh, no, no drinks, no. Uh, um, yeah, I, I just take it serious, you know, like uh, I don't want to be that drunk guy or whatever, you know. So, OK, so you don't prefer to be called a DJ. That That's fair. I understand that. So do you prefer DJ producer, artist, just I, Looney Tunes? Like what do you I prefer? Mean, I mean, the DJing part is only like an hour in the weekends, you know, like the, the other seven days a week, I'm working my ass off, like in the studio and making new connections, uh, working out contracts, uh, managing other artists, uh, being creative, uh, so much stuff going on. And then the weekend hits and then of course you're traveling. Uh, and then the moment, the big moment is like your set, an hour set, an hour and a half set. And then you go back in the plane, whatever. And the whole week starts again, finishing music, studio, da, da, da. So the DJing part itself is only like an hour or depends like how many sets you do in the weekends. But so I don't want to say like, I'm a DJ, like I'm a, I think it's more like I'm an entrepreneur in the music industry. Like it sounds a little bit more boring, but that's like, that covers the whole thing I do, I think. You know? Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. I think you bring up a lot of good points here that so much goes into this music that people don't see. And I think that's that's the point that we're trying to hit home here is that it's, it's not just that hour that you play, it's all the hours in the studio and coming up with the concepts and the artwork and the lyrics and the collaborations and the contracts and travel, like you travel so much too, you know, there's so much and that all, goes into it. Combine all this, do you think it's a DJ or what, what's it called? I would say an artist or yeah. entrepreneur. Artist, yeah, or music entrepreneur. Or, but the funny thing is sometimes I meet guys, you know, and uh, I'm like, hey, what do you do? I, I don't, and they, they're like, uh, yeah, I'm a DJ. I'm like, oh, okay. And, uh, and then they're like, they have a full-time job somewhere. They they do this, they do that. And they, they only DJ for an hour in the, in the week, you know, and they call themselves a DJ. But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 
a DJ could also mean that you're like a wedding DJ too, or like a radio DJ. Like I, I listen all the time here in the Netherlands to like Slam FM and like the radio DJ. So it's like, what sets, you know, how do you, maybe there should be another word for, for it than just a DJ. Yeah, but some guys think it's really cool to call themselves a DJ. They think they can get more girls or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like the DJ thing is only an hour, two hours, three hours in the, the week, or the what I say it depends on how many shows you have. And I don't want to, how do you say, like combine everything in one word as a DJ. I think it's more fair to call yourself like a, yeah, what I said, an entrepreneur in the music industry. Or so, do you have a moment where you decided you wanted to work in the music industry? Um, or was... did it all just kind of happen? <laughs> Yeah, it basically kind of happened because like uh, as a hobby for fun, back in the days we were making beach, ma beats, making mashups, making uh, like always working with music, going out to events. Uh, really back in the days you had the side party flock on, in Holland. It's still mm -hmm. up there, but it's not that popular anymore. But party flock was like the main uh calendar of all the events going on in holland and so you could select the city you could see what events are in the city what djs are playing yeah we are the few guys we were really looking up to as an artist or djs back in the days so we click on the name and we see like oh this guy is playing uh, tomorrow in amsterdam the, ne the next day in uh, in limburg or whatever so we're really we were just jumping in the car and going to see those guys because they have new music which was not out there yet, you know, back in the days you had like MySpace, Hypes, MSN, uh, Napster, and it was impossible to to listen to the music anywhere besides in the club in their DJ sets. So we were like really, when we were a fan of, of, of a track, we were just following this DJ to every gig to, to enjoy the tracks, you know, he was playing exclusive tracks. Do you think it's crazy now that anyone could just take their phone and sh use Shazam and or Google a song or you know because I so I'm I'm 32 and I remember back in the day like watching MTV waiting for that song or waiting on the radio and now you just can Google it you know now it's that's what I kind of miss you know because back in the days when you heard a song you were like wow what song is this you you didn't know the name or whatever and then you were just hoping you were gonna hear the same song later that night you know or in a different club or whatever and then you you were running to the dj like hey what song were you playing like uh, two minutes ago or, or what, what song are you playing right now some djs were like a little bit shy or shady about it like yeah they they didn't want to say the title because they want to keep it exclusive you know and some guys were like hey this is the title but it's not out yet or i got it from a friend or whatever so it was like a whole hustle like hey, how to get this track or who do i reach out to or whatever and then sometimes even months later, six months, seven months later, the song got released. And uh, so there was like a crazy hype already about the song and the, the DJs playing the songs in the clubs. And now it's just like, uh, yeah, you, you Shazam. You, and basically when you're still in the club, you already find a song on, on Spotify, you know, like. Yeah, you can like you can already. So there's pros and cons about that. Obviously, back in the day was a simpler time and there was more meaning to it. But I think from what I do from a work perspective now, because I write event reviews, it is handy to have Shazam so I can already be writing the article. Yeah. <laughs> than having to chase down someone for months. I mean, you couldn't you wouldn't have the article in time, you know, but yeah, I can, I, I do miss those days. And I can definitely see see both both sides of that. Um, So you've been in the scene for for a long time. How has the hard dancing specifically changed since you first got into it? 
when I first got into it, the songs were like seven to eight minutes long, you know, like an intro of one and a half minutes, outro of two minutes. <laughs> and I think in, uh, in the past 10 years, songs have become shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. So my latest single, which is coming out this Friday, is going to be, uh, the title is going to be Rainbow, out on Dirty Works. Uh, I think the the main version is two minutes and 29 seconds. So back in the days, it was like eight minutes or whatever, you know, like, so it's, it's uh, yeah, the, the, the time, the, 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 like people don't have the attention anymore to, to listen to for eight or five minutes to one song. Now it's all like fast, 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 you know. Do you think it's getting worse with apps like TikTok and Reels? Where what I recently heard, which I thought was pretty interesting, like like I spoke to a guy, a friend of mine, he has kids, and he's like, "Hey, my kids don't have the the patience to watch a regular movie because it takes them too long, you know. Like it's all like short, 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 you know. Like I'm used to go to the movie theaters or watch a movie or whatever, like two hours, two and a half hours, but kids nowadays they, they after ten minutes. That's already way too long for them. It's all like because of the TikTok information, like 10 seconds, 20 second reels or, or videos. It's, that's a new thing, which is kind of interesting. It is. Do you think songs are going to get shorter and shorter then? Like even shorter than two minutes? Like, okay, I know back in the day you had radio edits, right? Because on the radio, you know, you had to. But like, do you think... Where do you see song lengths going in the next couple of years then? I think back in the days, a radio version was... Tops three minutes and 30 seconds, I think, between three minutes and 3.30. And now some, recently I saw a song, it was two minutes and 10 seconds. I was like, wow, that's, that's almost a minute shorter, you know, already. So, and I would never, if you asked me that like 10 years ago, like, hey, do you think the, in the future radio songs will be two minutes and 10 seconds? I would be like, are you crazy? That's impossible. You know? But I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting development, I think. Uh, yeah, maybe in the future songs are going to be one minute. I don't know. But, uh, I don't think so, but I, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I I I think that's crazy. I think I think it's really interesting. I guess it does depend on the genre because obviously, if we look at like trance and and progressive house things like that, like the buildup is really important. And I can't imagine. I'm just thinking of Eric Prids for an example. I don't know if you know him, but it's just his buildups are are known infamously known to be slow buildups. <laughs> How could you do that in, in a minute? I could see for up-tempo, you could do like a minute song, but yeah, that's interesting. Maybe it's more the commercial music, you know, but the, of course the underground stuff will be, uh, it's like a little different. Uh, also in techno, we have like super long buildups. Uh, but in, even in the harder styles, what I said, like back in the days on the 12 inch records, records, yeah, the extended version was eight minutes, seven to eight minutes. And now an extended version is uh, tops four minutes and sometimes even three something, you know, so that's already cut in half for an extended version. So that's, that's interesting. Crazy. Weird how times change. Um, yeah. So speaking about different genres, you're known to take a fuck genres approach. Um, you're mixing all different types of stuff together. Why has it been so important to you throughout your career to not put yourself in a box, not call yourself heart style or trap or. Yeah. What I think was really annoying during the production process of a song or a track uh, back in the days 
there was like rules, you know, hardstyle is like this, kick, snare, clap, whatever, and it has to sound like this. And at some point we were making tracks and it's like, yeah, let's add something different, you know? And then some guys were like, no, 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 because that's not hardstyle. And later I was thinking like, yeah, it, it's not hardstyle. Like, why not, you know, like, just do whatever you feel, what feels good, whatever you like, and try to be different. So that's also, for example, I think we were one of the first, or maybe the first who were using hip hop vocals in real hardstyle trap stuff, you know, which was back in the days like, no, that's impossible. Hip hop and hardstyle is like two different worlds. Mm -hmm. They can never be combined or whatever. But yeah, so why would you limit yourself with, with like uh, following the book, you know? And I love and I love that about you. And I have said that from the beginning too. Like I I like a little bit of everything. Like anybody who looks at the music I listen to, it's like Melbourne bounce, hands up, jump style, trance, side trance, hard techno, and I'll listen all in one day, all in a row. <laughs> I love that. A little bit of everything, you know. Yeah, yeah. Get the best the best parts of all the, both worlds, you know, and bring it together and create something unique, something different, something standing out, and. Either the people like it or they don't like it, but at least I had fun during the production process. <laughs> That's also important, I think. Yeah, you have to love what you do, definitely. Otherwise, it, it's really obvious when people don't love what they do. Like, you can just tell when people are not happy, when people are miserable. And then it comes across in the work that they produce, too. You know, you can tell. People can tell. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still have a lot of fun making new music. I have an album coming up. I've been working hard during the pandemic, uh, finishing up. Uh, finishing up a lot of tracks and uh, so for me the pandemic was kind of a, a blessing as in I, I was so I had all the time in the world to finish like an, an album of course financially it was not the best time but uh, whatever money is just money money comes money goes but uh, yeah now I'm really happy everything is like back to normal I don't even I, I don't remember the last time I heard the worst corona or pandemic it's like nobody speaks about it anymore. That's also crazy. That's also crazy. That like it just feels like a fever dream. Like it just feels yeah. like it didn't happen. It was wild. I, I have similar views as you that like I took a bad situation and turned it into something good. I started a podcast. You know, I I did a lot for Drop Base Not Bombs. I started content creating. Like I I took that time at home and and did something productive with it. And I'm still doing it. And I did a million live streams <laughs> like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy it's it's crazy to think and then now it's like it's like never happened everything is 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 back which is great yeah just <laughs> lost like three years but uh yeah it it was an experience <laughs> yeah and you know we made the best of it and that's what matters and now hopefully we can just move forward from here and <laughs> keep on this path yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So at the beginning of the interview, you talked about how you were previously in a duo. Um, and those of you who know, or people listening probably know that. Uh, what was that transition like going from being in a duo to being a solo artist? Yeah, so me and my ex-partner, we've been yeah, we started this whole project together as a joke for fun, you know, like <laughs> in Looney Tunes, like <laughs> Days we uh, we had a few songs we put it out on MySpace as a free download and uh, we did. Oh my even, God, MySpace! Yeah, we didn't even had a real artist. <laughs> you know? We were just thinking Looney means funny, right? Funny, crazy, and tunes is like music. So we thought like Looney tunes, funny, crazy music. That was like the 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 basically the project name, and that was with the vowels. So at some point we were 
invited to play shows and then we received the, the artwork or the flyer and we saw like Bugs Bunny and Tasmania Devil on the flyer. We were like, oh yeah, it's not Looney Tunes as in the cartoons, but it's like Looney, like funny music, you know? <laughs> so then back a few days, a few years later, when we released uh, Last Night Ever with Yellow Claw, it was like a comeback for us because we uh, we were on a hiatus for a few years. And uh, so we were like thinking about the rebranding. Either we would come up with a completely new name, but that was like a challenge because people already knew us as Looney Tunes, you know, from back in the days of Jump Style, period. So we were like, yeah, let's take out the vowels. It looks way cooler. And uh, also funny thing after that, we were, the I, I can say back in 2013, we were the first artists in the scene, like with the, the name without vowels, you know, and after like so many artists show up, show, showed up with the, <laughs> with the same idea, you know, which was funny. I was like, okay. And for us, it was just like, whatever you know <laughs> trendsetters that's yeah. so funny so what's your favorite memory of your time as a duo with Mitchell yeah we had so much fun you know like in the studio traveling doing shows all places in the world uh too many memories best memory Ooh. yes it's a bit like so many uh, <laughs> uh yeah, it's always funny to meet new people from different backgrounds, new cultures, you know, eat different foods. Uh, people are always super polite. They want to show, they want to show us the, 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 the like the country, the cities where they live. Like, uh, yeah, it's always been amazing, you know, so a lot of good memories. Yeah, you guys traveled the world together. I remember the first time I saw you guys was like 2014, one of the either East Coast hard dance shows or badass raves when I was when I was still living in the US. And I just remember taking a picture with you guys and you gave me a CD. I still have it, the CD, and I had like get fired up on it. It was the it was the mixtape, the number one mixtape. And yeah, I still have it. And um, yeah, I remember hearing Fired Up for the first time. I think Carnage or someone played it at Tomorrowland. And I remember what, okay, mm. Carnage. So I remember watching it and I'm like, what is this song? And I guess this was kind of also before Shazam and things like that. And I was like, what is this song? I love it. And then I was just waiting for you guys to release it. Like, come on, that's so good. And then finally it came out and you guys gave me the CD. So that would be my favorite memory of the two of you guys. <laughs> that's good here. Amazing, fun. <laughs> Yeah, I remember Carnage. I, we received so many messages. I think back then it was on Facebook and Twitter. Like, wow, what is Carnage playing? This song is crazy. The vocals are amazing. The drops are fire. So yeah, it was like a fun track. And the, the, also the production process and the creation of Fired Up is, is funny, you know, because we uh, we got introduced by uh, with the chemist because of Yellow Claw. Yellow Claw was already working with him. They had a few tracks out. And then uh, Yellowclaw reached out to me like, hey, uh, we have this uh, singer we work with. Uh, they need a remix, but we don't have time to do the remix as a Yellowclaw remix. So are you guys interested to do a Lunisons remix? And we were like, yeah, let's do it. That was the first time we got in touch with uh, the chemist and his wife, Nyanda. Nyanda is also a great, great singer and songwriter. We have a few tracks out with, with her as well. And uh, I remember the very first demo of Fired Up. The title was uh, Hands On. And the, the lyrics were something like, tonight I want to put my hands on you tonight. Oh, oh. So it was like more like a love uh, situation story. Whoa. 
it's like, hey, I love the melodies, I love the ho ho part, I love everything, but the 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 topic of the, the topic or the subject doesn't really fit the Looney Tunes profile. You know, it's like too sweet or whatever. So we did a two Skype sessions, I think, and we rewrote the whole song as in, uh, yeah, fired up, like changed the title, fired up. I I just want to put my hands on you tonight. It's like uh, tonight, yeah, whatever. But uh, we flipped the whole concept, you know. So. I love here. Well, thank you for sharing that story with me. I like hearing the history of that because, yeah, like I said, I'm a huge fan of that song. That's that. Wow. I'm just thinking like, what a world, what would the world have been like if it was like a romantic song, you know? It's I, I'm not a, like, I'm not active on TikTok at all, you know? And I, I, I must say, I'm a little bit struggling with all the, the TikToks, TikTok what's going on at the moment, but there's quite a lot of stories I have to tell about songs from the past. Like I was recently in, uh, where was I, in Vegas. And I was in the car with a few guys. And I was playing some music or they asked me like, hey, do we have any new music coming out? So I played a few tracks and then they were like, yeah, my favorite track uh, also fired up and so easy. So I was in the car and I had my Dropbox open and I accidentally from Dropbox, I played the wrong version of So Easy. So they were like, ah, what is this? I'm like, yeah, this is one of the, the first drafts of so easy. They were like, wow, how the fuck would that It's so crazy to hear. <laughs> and like every song which is out, that we have a very first version, which is basically completely different than the final version, you know? So maybe I should do something on TikTok with the, the before and after or whatever, like. Uh... <laughs> do it. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. That would be really cool. Um, I think people would be interested to see that. And and like diehard fans, they like to know the creative process and they love to know little like nuggets of information like that or like what it would have been. And you can ask people, which version do you like better? Like, do you like version one or version two? <laughs> That'll be interesting to see what they say. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I found it. I found it. I have it here. Okay. The very first version and the demo is from... Uh... 2013, I think. Let me see. Oh, wait, I need to download it first. Give me one second. Sure, no worries. This is cool. We've actually never played music on the podcast that I can remember. So this is great. This is the first time. And this will be the first episode of season three. I didn't tell, I didn't mention that at the beginning, but that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play it. I'm not sure if you can hear it, but let's okay. turn up, turn down. Palms to the sky till we fall out. We burn out, we never burn out. So what are we waiting for? We got a good thing going, going. Let's keep the good times rolling, 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 rolling. And tonight I get that feeling again. You burn my dark inside tonight. Won't stop till I make you Version, first version. <laughs> that is crazy. It's crazy. I, I, I have to like, I, that was good, but like, obviously fired up fits more with you guys. Like you said too, like, you know, then, then put my hands on you, but like, that's crazy. I have chills like that. It's, it is crazy just to hear it from the, from the lyrical perspective. Yeah. Wow. Thank yeah. you for that. That was awesome. So many songs with the very first versions and 
that's pretty cool. Sometimes I listen to them, I was like, oh yeah, well, but that's not how the people, the, the the crowd knows it, you know, so. Wow. Do you think you'll ever, would you ever do, okay, you mentioned on TikTok, but would you ever do in a set, like, would you ever re-release any of your tracks? I guess that's my question. I mean, Fired Up has been almost uh, out for nine or 10 years, I think 2014. So well, I'm getting old. Yeah, <laughs> And last year, I released the Fired Up Heart Mix. So it was basically mm -hmm. what I noticed, like, Fired Up, one of the biggest Looney Tunes popular hits or whatever. Uh, yeah, ever since it came out, I have to play it in every show because when I don't play it, I get messages like, wow, why didn't you play Fired Up of my favorite, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> At some point, I noticed, like, kicks are not, like, they don't fit in my set anymore. So about two years ago in the studio we decided to uh, do an update update the kicks everything and then i had like a, a new version for my sets and then i i would notice like wow this really goes super hard so let's make it an official release you know so i reached out to the yellow crown guys because fired up was released on barong family i'm like hey i have an updated version and it goes really well on my set so uh, let's share it with the with the people you know and so we decided to do to add a bunch of more remixes, and then the Fired Up Remix EP came out with the, the Heart Mix as a number one, and um, yeah. Wow! Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that's funny. People people like expect it. I know. I I saw you in Miami and you played it. I I was jumping around for that. I think we did a sit down for that one. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> you like it? I love a good. I love a good sit down. That's awesome. So. You've collaborated with so many artists. You've already mentioned a few. Is there one artist that you would like to collaborate with in the future that you haven't had the opportunity to, or maybe someone who's passed away that you in another lifetime would like to collaborate with? I always want to work with Paris Hilton. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Because I'm actually going to Tomorrowland. Maybe she's going to be there. No, no, that's a joke. Oh, but man. Honest, there's a bunch of like I've been a fan of so many uh, like Coldplay, uh, UB40, Michael Jackson, of course, uh, Celine Dion, great voice. Uh, so yeah, bunch of artists I would love to work with, but uh, yeah, never say never, you know. Like uh, yeah, that'd be amazing. I mean, you list, you you had a good list. I love Travis Scott. Uh, yeah, so it's like uh, too many people to, to I, I would love to work with. And I think we can make something super different, super crazy, you know, like super out of the box. I have a track coming out hopefully this year with Lil Jon. So that's exciting. Oh, uh, I love Lil Jon. Like once again, like I'm a 90s and early 2000s girl. So like, you know, all the school dances in America get low. <laughs> So he's like a Classic. legend, also, you know, like a OG. Mm -hmm. As a kid, I was a fan of his music already. And then, uh, like, we've been working on this track for a while. And it's fun to to discuss ideas with him, you know, on the phone and FaceTime. And yeah, that's quite cool, you know. Have you met him in person? Uh, have I met him in person once? But that was before we collaborated. So, uh, I'm probably going to meet him this year here, either in LA or Vegas, but uh, we have to make it happen. So how does it work with these kind of collaborations? I'm not a, a producer. Um, I do MC a little, but I'm not a producer. Um, how does it work? So 
who comes up with the idea first? You, you, you get on the phone. Like, can you walk us through that process? Because I, I have no clue how it works. <laughs> yeah, so I was in touch with him already for a while. I think uh, on Twitter, he sent me his email like, hey, whenever you have any heartbeats, just send them to me. And if I feel them, I can try to record something. And then like two years ago, I thought like uh, I had something which would fit him. So I sent it to him and he's like, wow, this is crazy hard. And uh, two days later, he uh, sent me like a, a rough demo ID, vocal demo. So I put it in the track and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I send it back to him. And he's like, yeah, this is amazing. Uh, it's super simple, super catchy, uh, slightly cheesy maybe, but... <laughs> Yeah, it works, you know. So uh, I have three versions, like a rave version, like with the old school rave sounds, more like a house version and a deep house version. So it's quite experimental, but uh, that's what I love to do. So hopefully it will come out this year. We're working on uh, some paperwork. So, uh, yeah. That's so cool. Well, I really hope he can perform live with you one time. That would be... Yeah. <laughs> so cool okay well i have to come that would be awesome i i'm just picturing that like especially i don't know somewhere like miami would be really cool or defcon <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> oh my god little john at defcon i can't imagine that would be so cool okay cool i'm I'm looking forward to that um yeah i would love to see you guys perform live too um speaking of your live performances they're always so high energy like i said I've, I've seen you play um you know in the netherlands and both in the u.s how do you engage with the crowd while staying true to to your musical direction and to your sound how do you balance all of that what do you mean like so when you're on stage how do you balance you know the tracks that you're going to play engaging with the crowd what balancing what songs you want to hear, what songs people want putting in fired up because people want to hear it. There's a bunch of songs I know that people want to hear. Yeah. So I have to play them, you know, and I, of course, I love to play them. Uh, but basically my sets are 95% of my own productions, you know. So uh, back in the days, it was more like 50-50, 50% own tracks, 50% of tracks I, I really like from other artists or whatever. But nowadays, I also think when when people, when promoters or festivals book you, they book you because of, I think, your music. But nowadays, I have my doubts because sometimes they book just influencers because they're an influencer, you know. But I see myself as a, yeah, my main thing is making music. So whenever I get booked, I perform my own music because that's what I think the people like to hear when they buy a ticket, you know. So uh, I try to make some matchups of my old songs or whatever and uh, give the people some exclusive uh, versions during my live shows. Uh, what I notice in Holland re- uh, that there's so much going on. There's a lot of tracks being covered, you know, 80s, 90s tracks, 2000 tracks, uh, yeah, like classic hits with a hard style kick. And I must say it works whenever you play them live, but it's still for me a little bit like Yeah, a little bit not cringe but you know it's so easy you know like i can make 10 versions of those tracks in a day you know it's so easy so it's it's, it's not a lot of fun i think in the production process I, i'm a more of a fan of making original music which hopefully will turn out into classics one day you never know you know but that's for me more like a goal and of course i did some some remixes of uh, of classics happy together uh yeah you name it 
and they work well when you play them live. Everybody sings along, you know, so that's fun. But uh, yeah, it's like it doesn't come from yourself, you know. It's just a new version, a, a different version of an old classic, which is amazing, which is cool. And uh, uh, but I, I think it's more like an achievement when people sing along to your own own original music, you know. Yeah, that, definitely. That's just me. No, I, I I agree with you too, and and I I wonder that too about trends in in the hard dance scene, and it's so easy these days to just hop on TikTok and copy a trend, or you know this for a while everyone was doing like the side drop, you know the side trance drop in hardstyle, and now it's like the fake drop in up tempo. I was actually just having a discussion about it in the car that like is so a couple fake drops is great. I get surprised too, but it's like fake drop after fake drop. It's like okay, now it's not fake anymore because we are expecting that we're gonna. It's not happening, you know, so it's it's really easy in the scene. I've talked a lot about this on the podcast too, too, to copy trends, to copy other people. So it's really cool what you're doing that, you know, you've done from day one is like the fuck genres thing and like your own sound. And of course, it's fun to remix the classics. We all we love a good sing along in this scene. We love to boo, 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 you know, love to sing. <laughs> we love it. So you have to give them what they love, of course, you know, but I try to make something original also with a sing along part. And that's my goal, you know. Definitely. Well, we sing along the fired up. That's for sure. And <laughs> love me till it hurts. And last night ever, you know, all those. I, I sing. So <laughs> you sing along so easy or me? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not a singer. Let's get things first. I'm not a singer. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big karaoke fan. I do karaoke every year for my birthday, pretty much with the exception of Corona. Cause I could not, but yeah, I, 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 I sing like uh, when I'm emceeing, I do not sing obviously, because again, I'm not a singer. And, um, the mouth of madness was actually my mentor for emceeing. And he told me, you know, one of the first things like, don't sing. <laughs> He's like, and actually Rob G told me this. He was like, don't sing unless it's your own song. <laughs> like don't, don't ever like sing into the, you know, sing into my, into the mic, unless your own song, you can repeat, you know? So I might say like, all right, guys, let's get fired up or whatever. But yeah, don't ever. So no, I don't sing, but I'll sing in the crowd. If I'm just partying. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll sing. <laughs> okay. Definitely. So uh, we've talked a bit about, you know, I've seen you in the U.S., I've seen you in the Netherlands, you're back and forth. I always want to hear from from Dutch people, what what is crazy to them about playing in the U.S.? I mean, you're in the U.S. a lot, but what would you say is like the biggest difference between the Dutch scene and the U.S. scene? For me, the, the like the, the how do people show up to a festival, you know, in the U.S., it's like a total, like, nothing is crazy enough the girls they show up super sexy cool outfits like glitters whatever and in holland it's basically uh, girls or guys whatever they show up in uh, jeans with a t-shirt or most of the guys not even a t-shirt you know like <laughs> yeah like, whatever which is uh fine of course but i like the 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 the, the, the time and effort and energy the people do in the u.s before they go to a, to a show or a festival. Yeah, I, I would say that too. It's it, So I was at EDC Orlando and I did like the rave braids and the glitter and the makeup and multiple outfits. And it's 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 a lot. It's a commitment. And then in the Netherlands, it's, yeah, it's much more casual. It's track pants and a shirt, you know? Um, I'm going to Awakenings this weekend and I have a couple outfits, but it's it's not like, the US is next level with the with the outfits. And I also- it, you know, It's like a whole thing, you know? Like it's like a mini carnival or whatever, like- <laughs> 
but yeah, so it's, I, I really appreciate also what I notice a lot in the States that people, the diehard fans, they make like custom make t-shirts with your logo or photos of your whatever artworks on their t-shirt. Super, super fun, you know? Yeah, that I, I like that too. I, I used to try to make shirts, like print stuff on shirts, but like I'm not a graphic designer, so it never came out good. But yeah, I appreciate the <laughs> I appreciate that the effort. Um, so do you ever adjust your sets depending what country you're in? For example, would you play something totally different to an American crowd than a crowd in China or a crowd here? Yeah, basically. I just have a, a set for Holland and a set for the rest of the world, basically, because I what I still can play and love to play is like trappy uh, influenced tracks. So in the US and in Asia, they still really work well. But in Holland, if you play any trap situation, it, like people are looking at you like, what are you doing? You know? Why do you think that is? I don't know. Like there's so much... Uh, Yeah, I was at DEFCON two weeks ago, or when was it? Two weeks ago. And I've been listening to some sets, like not, not the full set, but just five minutes, 10 minutes. And nowadays, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's so hard and rough and like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I don't know what, like, uh, what does, why would people like it? You know, it is for me. It's just a kick, and and like the crazier the kick, the the the, the wilder the crowd crowd goes. But I try to understand. Like, if I show a track like this to my parents, they're like, "Hey, the speaker is broken. I can't hear nothing." <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, but maybe you can explain me. Like, what does what feeling does it give you to to? Yeah. I was I was just laughing, thinking to myself, because I, I love up tempo and I love terror and I love GPF and I the peep I, kicks and the I love to see it like for a few <laughs> minutes and I'm like, hey, this is crazy, it's fun, but for an hour or two hours I would be like, Whoa, that's crazy. I could I could do a whole day of it, I could do a whole weekend of it. I wonder what that says about me <laughs> as a person. Um, I guess I could speak a little bit about I I'm so, an anxious for example, for like a, a, a a, a peep kick track or like a, a song like like fired up or so easy or uh, name any other hard cell anthem song like what's the difference for you in energy like in, in experience in so i love like i said before i love all different genres of electronic music i only listen to electronic music but i love all different genres you know i you will see me at a state of trance see me at ultra edc orlando awakenings tomorrowland etc You'll also see me at a GPF show. Um, there's different genres and moods for everything that I'm feeling. I'm a crazy person. I'm anxious. I'm manic. I'm all over the place. I also work really hard in my day job, my full-time job. So when I'm out there on the dance floor, sometimes I want to just go crazy. I The inflatable penises of GPF and like water guns or terror, like just uh, I want to go crazy. And then there's other times where I want to listen to Above and Beyond and just weep, <laughs> just like yeah. let it, it let it. Under the, the, yeah. 
it depends on the mood and there's a mood for everything and my, my mood could change throughout the festival for example like if i'm at somewhere like mystery land or Tomorrowland, like i might go over and see eric prids and then i might go over and, and see armin van buren and then i might see little texas i might you know it just kind of depends on how i'm feeling and then also now because i work in the scene it also depends what i need to do for work obviously if i'm there for edm house network i need to cover marshmallow and timmy trumpet and tieso and the big guys if i'm there for hard style mag you know, that I'm, I'm there for the hardstyle or make combinations of both. But I think for me, it depends on my mood. I think speaking for other people, I think it goes back to what we were saying before with the short attention spans, right? And TikTok is like, instead of building up to this kick, people just want the kick and it keeps getting harder and harder. I actually noticed that Intense Festival this summer. I went to Intense in 2015. I saw you guys there. It was a hardstyle festival then. It is not really a hardstyle festival now. It, it was mostly up-tempo and raw style. And this is just my opinion, but it has changed. This, this, the scene has changed. Especially in Holland, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, especially. So do you think if you have one stage, do you think it can work with a little Texas, the GPF and above and beyond and uh, Eric Fritz or whatever on one stage? Do you think that could work? No, but from a, <laughs> for, for me, maybe, but from an organizational perspective, no, just because I think that attracts such different crowds. Um, I think the majority of people who who like above and beyond are not going to like GPF um for the like maybe one song you know like frozen or um what's the one the moana one um how far i'll go like those kind of songs because everybody likes those movies but some of their other songs some of the some of the names of the songs i won't even say on the podcast because they're so inappropriate but um you know those those kind of songs i don't i don't think so um no, I don't. I don't. I can't imagine, though, especially with Eric Pritz with the hollow, you know, with like the yeah. if it was like the whale. And I don't what do you what do you think? You think? No, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, maybe it's a little bit. It's like a little bit too crazy. Like, uh, but I like combined or, or mixed lineups, you know, like me too. It's something like a roller coaster, you know, like. Yeah, it's interesting. It it is yeah it is interesting and I'm I'm wondering you know people listening like feel free to to drop a comment or to to you know slide into our DMs and, and let us know what you think about this topic and I'm I I do think to myself a lot like how did we get here as a scene how did we get to like peep kicks and zag kicks and like how did we get how did we get here I, I'm here for it but like how did we go from bringing it back full circle to these eight minute songs. Where I guess going from everything we just talked about, where do you think the hard style scene is or the hard dance scene is going? Are we going, is it going to be all terror and speed core soon or is it going to be, are we going to go back to basics a little? Where, what do you think? Where, where are we headed? Yeah, for me, I think uh, like a lot of people see me as a bridge between EDM and mainstream dance music and, and harder style music, you know, because there's a lot of, if you look on the YouTube comments, on a lot of my videos, you see really comments like, wow, I've, I never really, or I never liked hardstyle, but after listening to your music, I'm kind of open to it and exploring and that, that. And a bunch of people, sometimes fans after my show, they come to me like, hey, because of you, I like hardstyle and that, that, which is kind of cool. So then I'm like, wow, uh, how, <laughs> like hardstyle is of course also big, you know, you have so many niches like uptempo, raw, uh, whatever. But it's nice to bring people from mainstream music 
to give them a little taste of the the harder EDM or the hard style stuff, you know. But where it's going, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, it's challenging. It's interesting. It's fun. For me, I always love to work with catchy vocals, sing alongable vocals, uh, more party related vocals. So that's still the direction I love uh, to go. Um, yeah, so I'm just basically focusing on myself. You know, I don't listen to a lot of other hardstyle music, to be honest. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So, yeah, I don't try to copy other stuff or whatever. So I'm just focused on my own. I'm in my own bubble, you know. And what I said, my album is going to be interesting. Has some trappy stuff, some old school Looney Tunes stuff, some new stuff. So it's going to be a fun, uh, fun mix of uh, everything. Nice. And we'll link to all of that when it comes out. Definitely. And and th yeah, that, I mean, that's what we've been talking about this whole time, too, is like mixing everything together, you know, a little bit of everything. There's something for everybody. And yeah. Do, do you think you would ever dabble in like trance and or above and beyond, above and beyond sun and moon remix, something like that? <laughs> I don't know. Never say never. I uh, appreciate all music, all artists. Uh, I respect the people, how much time and effort they put in their projects. You know, it's like working really hard. And uh, especially in the pandemic, I saw a lot of people, heard a lot of people, they, they had like uh, panic attacks, uh, like they didn't know how this would end. And But I'm happy everybody's recovering. Things are going well. Festivals are selling out, I think. So, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, I went through a phase during the pandemic and I talked about it on my podcast, I think with Mouth of Madness, where like, I didn't think it was going to end. I thought we were going to be stuck. Well, I kind of have to tell myself things sometimes so that I'm like pleasantly surprised, like think that things are going to be the worst so that I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like there was a mo there were some moments during the pandemic where like, will we ever just watching after movies on repeat from festivals? Like, will we ever have Def Con again? Will we ever have Dominator again? You know, like. It was a rough, it was, it was definitely a rough time. There were definitely times where like, I didn't know if we would come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Kind of scary, but I'm happy everything is back to normal. So me too. So uh, on this podcast, we talk a lot about mental health and it's come up kind of a couple of times already in this conversation, but how do you find balance between touring and producing and all the things that you do and your mental health? So you, you talked a little bit about drinking tea and avoiding, you know, substances and alcohol. Do you have any other tips or things that you do to keep that clear head? After all the shows I do after the pandemic, I try to take more time, like relaxing at one of the destinations. If I have to go to Bangkok, I never arrive on the day of the show. You know, back in the days we used to arrive day of the show, rush to the hotel, quick shower, quick dinner, uh, to the venue or festival, do the show, early morning flight back to wherever we had to go. Uh, now I try to come, for example, Bangkok, I uh, arrived like two days prior to the event, just adjust a little bit, enjoy the, the city, the food, the relax. Uh, yeah, chill a little bit more, you know. And uh, for the long run, I think that's better. I love to travel. I love different cultures. I love different food. I always try to go to different restaurants, uh, yeah, explore stuff, you know? So that's uh, what keeps me uh, going. I don't drink what I said. Sometimes uh, I have a drink, but uh, occasionally, you know, 
I don't smoke, no substances. So just try to stay focused, make good music, do good shows and uh, yeah, enjoy life. That's amazing. And I think that's good advice because it is really hard in this scene, um, you know, as an artist, but also as an industry professional to balance with mental health. And we've seen, unfortunately, you know, we lost Delete. Um, I think that was last year, two years ago. We lost Avicii, obviously, you know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough industry and there's a lot of pressures and, and also like, it's not the healthiest of industries, you know, all the parties are at night, <laughs> you know, like all the travel um and, and, and tight bookings too, you know, and we saw that with Avicii, like he was just all over the world and it took such a toll on his mental and physical health. And he was doing something he didn't like, right? Like he didn't like to perform. He didn't like to play. He was super nervous. He was drinking because he was nervous. That's crazy. Like, I like to play, you know, like, I love to perform my music. Uh, but I can understand, back in the days, this, this is funny, like, back in the days when we started, I was super nervous before performing a show. And after a while, like, it was like, you were not even thinking anymore. You were just doing, you were not even enjoying the show. But after the pandemic, my first shows, I was noticing myself, I was kind of nervous again, you know, like, I was like, oh, wow, because it's been so long I was performing. So that's what I kind of liked, like the, the having the little nerves again, you know? Yeah, it was crazy going back to live events again. I remember the first like big actual event I went to after the pandemic was Reverse in, in Belgium. And I went with Hardstyle Mag and I got super anxious too. And like usually I'm good in crowds. Um, I, you know, I, I grew up in Yankee Stadium, basically in New York, like I'm used to the crowds um, and Times Square and things like that. But yeah, I was like, really, I walked in the crowd. I was like, oh my God, there's so many people. Like, where do we, where are the lockers? Like I lost my eco token already. <laughs> like now I need to pay for a cup. What do I do? It's like really strange. Yeah, it was like weird because it was, you get so used Used to doing stuff every weekend and then you don't have it for three years and you're like what do i do with myself <laughs> crazy crazy time so i just have two more questions for you um this is the question that i ask all my guests on the podcast how do you rave for a cause or party for a purpose in your life please just love to spread good vibes you know like good music uh i would like to have the people to have a great time you know because a lot of Kids or fans who come to a show during the weekends, they sometimes they're struggling in their personal life. They uh, go to school, they're studying, they're whatever their background is. And at that moment during my set, that one hour, I just want to give them a good time. Uh, forget about whatever shit they're going through or whatever. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the spirit I have, you know, like good vibes, good music, making memories. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that is one of the most amazing things about the scene is like you can just go into the club or go into the festival and just put every it doesn't matter if you got into a fight with your partner or like, you know, you're you have money, problem, money, problems, life, problem, whatever, whatever it is. And and I've had that I've had that, too. There was a festival I went to this summer and I was kind of stressed about a lot of things going on. And I just I think Sick Mode was playing and he's one of my favorite artists. I just ran into the crowd and just like went crazy and just. Didn't think about any of this. Didn't think that it took me like three hours to get to the festival and like an interview I was supposed to have got canceled. And I, I like there was a, a big mass of things happened. And I was like, I'm just going to just unwind and dance and have fun. And it was great. And then I was able to like, OK, now I'm ready to get back to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all about the good times. 
Yeah, and amazing people. And best out of it. Totally, totally. So last question, where can people connect with you online? Where they, where can they find you and your music? Of course, L-N-Y-T-N-Z, all social media, just L-N-Y-T-N-Z, which stands for Looney Tunes, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, SoundCloud, you name it, and I'm there. I try to be there. MySpace? MySpace, <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> Is it, still, is it still up? I, I haven't checked the site for a long time. I don't know. I wish I could still see my page because I put a lot of time and effort into that when I was young and like my top eight and like I had music when you came to it and stuff. I, I miss those days. That was fun, right? <laughs> the good time. So, yeah. Thank you, Amy, for your time, for your interview. Thank you so much for today. It was great catching up with you again. I'm glad we got to do this. And yeah, I hope to see you again really soon. Thank you so much. Either in Holland, either in the US, but our paths will cross rather sooner than later. All over the world, definitely. We're both all over the place. I'll see you definitely soon. Thank you so much for today. (laughs) Bye. Bye, guys. So that was my episode with Looney Tunes. It was so much fun catching up with him and finally having the chance to have him on my podcast. As you guys may have heard, you know, we've been friends for a really long time. I've been a big fan of his music and it was so cool to hear the original version or the other version of Get Fired Up because that's honestly one of my favorite rave songs of all time. So really love this episode. Hope you guys loved it too. And as you guys heard in the episode, we're now in season three. Woohoo! So it's been three incredible seasons of the Drop Bass Not Bombs podcast. And it's crazy to think that since its inception in 2021 during Corona time, yeah, that fever dream of the pandemic, it's crazy. We've had an amazing lineup of guests across multiple industries. And looking back on the last two years, it's been quite a journey. So from the very first episode, you know, of course, you know, during Corona time, very simple setup. I was recording from my attic in my old house and yeah, to to look where we are today. And, you know, we were even nominated for the Hague Media Awards, which was so cool. We made it to the top 10. And then of course, being on multiple podcasts, such as the Rave Culture Cast, Productivity Meets Party, the Babs Life Podcast, and then most recently the Boss Sauce Podcast. So it's just been really cool to spread the drop base, not bombs love, you know, across all these platforms and through all these different podcasts. I'm really excited for season three and I'm looking forward to see what the future has in store for drop base, not bombs. And thank you guys so much for supporting me and supporting the podcast. So before we close out, I just have a couple of announcements. So as most of you guys know who have been listening by now, the podcast schedule has changed now from being twice a month. It used to be twice a month, and now it's going to be once a month. So I know that's sad, but unfortunately, it's just not possible. I just I can't I can't do more than one episode a month. It's not feasible to do it anymore. Um, as you guys have heard me say a thousand times, I have a full time job. Um, I work for Hardstyle Mag, EDM House Network. I you know I'm, I have MC Unicorn, and then I have a second podcast as well. But I will be hosting the Wednesday night live still on Instagram. So that's kind of like a mini podcast, you know, that's like about 20, 20 ish, sometimes shorter minutes um, about different topics. So you guys will still be getting that every week. And then in addition to, you know, the monthly episodes and then my other podcasts too. 
So just so you guys know about that. But now some brighter news. I'm happy to finally announce the winner of the digital design contest. So if you guys are watching here on YouTube, you can see the photo of the winner. So this is the design that's going to be on all of our merchandise. So I'm really excited about that. Merchandise will become available really soon. I'll give you guys all the information on where you can purchase it, what kind of designs, styles, shirts or crop tops, bags. But yeah, we're, we're changing things up. So if you're watching on YouTube, this is the original design. So we've changed it up a few times. This was from, I think, 2017 <laughs> when we, yeah, when, when Draw Base Not Bombs first started, even before it was a podcast when we were hosting live events. So it's really cool to see, you know, logos change over time and designs and kind of going from just your normal V-neck black tee to, to different types of clothing that, you know, everybody likes to wear. So that's really exciting. So next up, my next announcement is my full review of Forbidden Island Festival in Croatia is now available on hardstylemag.com. I also did a recap on my Wednesday night lives. Also, if you go to my Instagram, you can see a lot of content reels, <laughs> stories. Um, it was an amazing time. It was so much fun. Four days of up-tempo in French course of my favorite music with my favorite people and beautiful Pag Island. Um, if you guys are watching on YouTube, you can see some photos here. Croatia is beautiful. It's probably one of my favorite vacation destinations. I love wine. I love olive oil. <laughs> I love honey. And uh, yeah, I had a amazing food. Like I said, great music, good friends. And I also got to spend, you know, before the festival, a little bit of like chill time in Zadar, which was really cool. I'd never been there before. And then um, at the end of the trip, one day in Vienna, which was awesome too. I got to have Wiener Schnitzel, which I love. And uh, yeah, I get to see Vienna a bit. So it was a really great vacation, but also, of course, coupled with, with making content. And it was really cool to be back in Croatia working there again as an official ambassador and then also of course to to write for Hardstyle Mag and to cover everything on social media. So I have a lot more festivals coming up and events but stay tuned for that. Follow me on Instagram to see that. I also have Dream Village, Amsterdam Dance Event, EDC Orlando, Gearbox. There's a few others to close out the rest of the year. Uh, we're not, we might be done with summer festivals, but there's still, of course, the indoor season coming up. And of course, I have some events in the US as well. I'll be headed there at the end of the year. So next up for our announcements, before we close out the episode, I want to drop some codes for you guys to use. So like I just said, maybe festival season's over, but we got the indoor season now. So what are you going to wear? Do you need an outfit? You probably do. So first up is Shroom Beach. So you can use my code MCUnicorn20 on shroombeach.com and shop from amazing psychedelic swimwear and festival outfits. The best part of all is a portion of the proceeds from every purchase goes to support the Psychedelic Research Institute. So head on over to shroombeach.com, click the link in the description to learn more. And yeah, you guys can see some of the outfits, of course, if you're watching on YouTube or head on over to my social media. Next, so you guys know by now, Relita Couture, I've been working with them for a really long time. You can use my code MCUnicorn to save some money at RelitaCouture.com. Relita Couture is a handmade rave festival fashion brand that's sure to make you feel confident and comfortable in, at your next event, in your next rave fit. The clothes are high quality, functional, and some even have pockets, which I love. The dresses with the pockets, so handy. A lot of uh, women's fashion doesn't have pockets, so... That's really great. So head on over to RolitaCouture.com because sexy has no size. 
So lastly, so we have a couple more announcements, guys, a lot in today's uh, outro, but yeah, just really excited for season three. And I have just a million things going on to share with you guys. So lastly, please check out my second podcast, Ravers Revelations, with my friend Elena Van Wyk. This is exclusively on Patreon. This is the podcast where we read and react to your crazy festival stories. So we've covered topics like love, sex, festival pet peeves, after party stories, camping stories. So if you'd like to submit a story, you can slide into our DMs. Um, you can me yeah, message me anywhere basically with your stories for your chance to be featured on the podcast. Of course, it is anonymous. We've gotten some really insane stories. <laughs> so if you guys want to hear them, please head on over to patreon.com slash ravers revelations or click the link in the description and become a Patreon today. So that being said, if you like to support me in the podcast, please give me a follow on Instagram at mcunicornofficial. Uh, also follow us on dropbase.bombsnl. You can support the Drop Base Not Bombs podcast for as little as 99 cents a month. That would be amazing, guys. Any little bit helps. Click the link in the description. So as I've said before, you know, podcasting, it's 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 an expensive hobby. It's not free. It's definitely not free, um, you know, between the hosting fees and equipment and software and all different subscriptions, um, you know, required to make all this possible. Any little bit helps. And with your help, the podcast can grow. And hopefully, yeah, we can expand, expand more platforms, maybe do weekly episodes, have a bigger team, have an actual studio instead of my at-home office. <laughs> you know, there's so many possibilities. So but thank you guys so much for everything. Thank you for today. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review or drop a comment. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And we'll see you on Friday, October 21st. Bye.